so glad you're availing yourselves to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the media ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals are being helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray the ensuing message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now, let's receive the message. Covenant as in one of God's greatest principles to re-establish his redemptive work on earth and also to build his kingdom. So God will always make covenant with man because after God has created man, God did not intend to come rule here. He rules in the heavens and his extension from heaven should come down through the involvement of man. Amen. God also will make covenant because he wants to perpetually have a relationship with mankind. God will have to have a relationship. You see, it is in the attempt of God trying to build relationship with mankind. Man having a short sight and not really understanding the relationship God wants to build with us has created a lot of different religions out of the relationship. So you can understand that a lot of religions I mean, zeroes in on one basic truth. And that one basic truth, go research all religions, all kind of faith, is the underlining uh, principle of those faith. That is love God, love mankind, and love yourself. Amen. Jesus said that is the finality of all commandments, is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind, Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. One man of God asked me, how can you love yourself? I told him, go research. Because you don't know how to love yourself. I get, I have the simplest understanding that your confusion will be loving other people too. How do you love yourself? Think of how you want people to treat you. Think about how you want people to respond to you and do the same towards other people. It's just basic. What God, Jesus was telling his disciples then and us now is you can't love people more than you love yourself. So if you are an abusive person, there's a tendency, you're abusing yourself some way, somehow. That's why you abuse other people. But if you love God and you know God created all of us in his image and likeness, so therefore you will understand that if you don't want God to reject you because you did something wrong, you don't, you don't reject somebody when they do something wrong. Does it make sense? You see, so Jesus was just telling us, let's keep it simple. Amen? I had a professor who said that keep it K-I-S-S. Very, very important. Don't forget that. K-I-S-S means what? Keep it simple. I will mention the last word as the, what you want to add to the last S. Amen? Keep it simple because life is already complicated. I don't think God wants to make it more complicated than it is. So he always gets himself involved in the affairs of men so that when we get lost in the last scheme of things, he can redirect us to his purpose and his will for this planet. Amen? Last week we said a whole lot of things. The video will be out today on YouTube. Make sure you follow a covenant. Today, I promise you, I'm going to give you types of covenant. I won't go into deeper, into all the other types, but I'll give you just, I mean, an overview so that you can research it yourself in the Bible. 
Amen. Some of you might have heard it before, but you don't know the reason for it. The reason for it is God, after Adam and Eve missed it, has been chasing after man. The songwriter says, I'm chasing after God. No matter what I have to do, I what? I need you more and more. God is also chasing after you. There cannot be a relationship, just it's only one-sided. So we say covenant is bilateral and also unilateral. We already explained that. The bad means that there are covenants that you do something and God will have to do something. But the unilateral is when God decides that you have nothing to give. You put everything into one basket and make sure that you guys have a good relationship. As we go along, I'll take my time to just, you know, expose a few of those kind of statements so that it can help you to understand. You see, when God depends on man for a relationship, you will always be disappointed. I can say it till you get it. When God will have to depend on man for a spiritual relationship, he would always be disappointed. Why? Because the first man he created in his image and likeness to bring forth as the, after his kind, it disappointed God. So disappointment, I want to emphasize now, if you're listening, listen clearly, is part of our fallen nature. Disappointment. Appointment is God's nature. But when we felt that this was added to it, so no matter how hard you try, you can see that you come to a place of limitation. And when people are depending on you and depending on you solely to make it, you can't make it at that time. That shows the fallibility of the humanity. We're so fallible. So God imposed himself into us to help us to come to a place where, where he's demanding 100%. He will already pay forward the 100% and beckon you to come up higher. Amen. So with that said, uh, you could listen to the uh, message uh, when it comes out on Wisdom Connection TV this afternoon. I will want to jump into the different types of covenants, different types of covenants. You see, God was using these covenants to draw man to himself. Amen. One of the covenants that we can see in the word of God is the Edenic covenant, Eden, the garden of Eden, Edenic covenant. You see, when God created Adam and Eve, he just didn't leave them. He gave them terms and conditions to live by. All of you agree with that. So the Adenic Covenant introduced man's relationship with God. Man's relationship with God. For us to have a very simple understanding or overview, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, the book of beginnings. And look at a few verses. Some I will touch, some I will just leave it alone. Please go make sure that you read it and understand it. And pray for me. I was telling Minister uh, Gabriel last that I will try and make sure I put it in this small booklet so that from the Bronx to Manhattan, you can finish reading it. Amen. Because taking the series could take a whole long time and we cannot touch it all. But with a small booklet, you can have all the few nuggets in there so that you can live your life by. You are Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and 
over the fowl of the earth and over the cattle and over what? All the earth and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. So that was God's intention for creating man. Not to be religious, but to be what? A human being that has God's nature in him. You get that? Good. Go to 28. 27 says God did exactly what he has said. And he created the male and female. Then 28 says, and God did what? Please shout it out. And God did what? God empowered them to be that which he created them for. Blessing is an empowerment. And God blessed them. He empowered them. Sometimes it fascinates me to catch little nuggets and revelations from uh, this modern day technology. How many of you use Androids? How many of you use um, iPhones? I don't know so much about iPhones because I've used Androids for so many times. I'm very, very shallow, I'll say, in the, uh, this modern day technology. But I'm very observant. Anytime you turn on off your Android phone, and you turn it back on, look quickly. There is a first information that comes on the screen. How many of you have observed that? Powered by Android. Powered by. So the phone is useless until something powers it. The power that makes the phone useful is the Android apps or whatever they have attached to that thing that makes it work. Without Android's power involvement in the phone, the phone is useless. Man, woman, I want you to understand that without God's involvement in your life, you are just a human being like a donkey, dog, goat, and fowl. You are just a human being. An evil spirit can eat you for lunch. I have to add that because we soon forget that above God's creation, he created man. But man needs to be powered by God. Not his soul or other spirits. So you saw it there, right? In Genesis, he said he created male and female. And God empowered them. And said, be, be, be. This is the covenant word, the blessing. Be fruitful. Do what? multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over everything living every living thing that moved upon the earth if we don't continue this is the climax of the Edenic covenant the covenant God made with them was don't just be idle I've given you everything but make sure that you take good care of it reproduce the thing after its kind, have dominion, control over it, and then make sure that what everything I've created come under your feet. You have control over it. Do we see that happening? No, because man lost that covenant right, that dominion. Dominion simply means there's a domain you have to take what over and be territorial dominance over it. So earth was created not for God, but for man. Because God wants us to have a realm to operate just like he has a realm to operate in. Anybody here? So that's just basically the Edenic covenant. You can see that, right? Then after man disobeyed God, 
God made a covenant with man in Genesis chapter 3 that I won't read, but you could read it. But I would like us to read a portion that took everything to a whole different route back to God's plan and purpose. You see, man disobeyed God and God's first reaction was to banish man and stop the operations altogether. Because man had a competition. You know man's competition? Lucifer and all the fallen angels that rebelled in heaven. Exactly what they were looking for in heaven was what man, God did for man. So they were really, really jealous and they're really envious of man's position. So they realized that if God wasn't involved in man's life, man would derail everything. And as a matter of fact, God gave Adam instruction which Eve is not aware of. So the devil didn't go to Adam, he went to Eve. Ignorance is the biggest sin ever. Ignorance is the biggest what uh, weakness ever. Ignorance is that which when you do to yourself. I'm not saying literacy. I say ignorance. See, ignorance simply says that I know what is true, but I'll cut corners. I know what is true, but I do what I feel is good for me. I know what is true, but for now, for this short moment, let me just ignore the truth and do what I want. See, Eve knew if he wasn't there, Adam had spoken to her about what God told him, right? The day you eat of this particular fruit, you shall surely die. Out of curiosity, she wanted to find out why would God say that? And who backed it up? The serpent who was influenced by the spirit of Satan. Don't be afraid of snakes. Not all snakes are satanic. They are creatures of God. This particular snake, I believe, would have been perished a long time ago. Hallelujah. Amen. It might be dead and in the soil already. But you see, it's, anytime you hear Satan or serpent, it's a symbolic of demon spirits or Satan himself. Hallelujah. So God had to make sure not to perpetuate that evil generation and will have to take Adam from where he placed him and made another covenant with him called the Adamic covenant. You get it? So we have Edenic, then Adamic. He fell into after the fall when he started raining some curses upon them and giving them alternatives. If you do X, Y, and Z, this is what is happening. If you do X, Y, and Z, this is what is going to happen. And you serpent, I created you and uh, you disappointed me. I allowed this to happen through you. You're going to crawl on your belly. And you, woman, instead of you having breath, like you're just, I won't go that far. I mean, I would have said something inappropriate. Instead of just giving birth easily, now you're going to sweat to give birth. You're going to go through pain. You see, so having children in difficult labor is not man's right. It was the fall that brought about that. Women shouldn't be having caesarean, is it caesarean operation? Caesarean operation. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be having this monthly difficulty. But he came after the fall. And then he told man that you had everything at your fingertips. Now you're going to sweat your brow to eat. It's in Genesis chapter 3. But let's look at 15. That revealed God's ultimate purpose 
to reestablish all these things. Amen. Genesis chapter 3. Chapter 3. We're talking about Adamic, right? All right, look at 15 quickly because we will pray within time. We don't want to be long winded. I just want to give you an idea of what covenants are about. It says that I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and the seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You see, this has a, a very big theological terminology I don't want to throw around, but it simply tells you God's intention to evangelize man, to bring man back to his original state. When he says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and thy seed and the seed is referring to the woman who will not be touched by any man, but will have a virgin birth that will re redeem mankind from his sin. You see that? You see that? Good. As we get deeper, I'll be revealing some of these truths to you. So God, even though was disappointed in man, he didn't get what? discouraged with man yes be disappointed in people but don't be discouraged because you need them you need everybody around you you need everybody God place in your life sometimes we don't know the differences in people that's why we get disappointed and we want to give up on people imagine yourself on an island by yourself how can you make it no matter how gifted you are you need people to patronize your product and the same people you need to prosper patronize your product to make you rich are the same people who are going to disappoint you. I won't go along with that. So God had it at the back of his mind how to regroup, go back to the drawing board, and in the midst of the chaos, create an opportunity for success. I won't go up, so in verse 15, you can see that. So God rerouted, gave them some instructions, and he started perpetuating the agenda of building covenants with people. After the Adamic covenant, you remember there was a man who out of gross darkness and wickedness and bad things happening, he still loved God and his desire was to serve God. Who was who? Noah in Genesis chapter 6. Noah feared God so he didn't get involved with the wickedness that is going on in his days. The Bible says that they became so, so wicked to a point that they didn't even want to hear the name of God. Who is God? We don't care about any God. We're living. We are the existentialists. We live in the here and now. Eat, make merry. Tomorrow you die and go. They were abusing each other, abusing themselves, and abusing the creation of God. And the Bible says that God's heart was broken. So he found favor in the sight of Noah. Read the Bible. Read the word. God found favor. So God is always looking. Say, God is looking. When you think you're useless and wasteful and you've ruined your life, God is still looking for you to look up. Because he's been calling you for a relationship all this while. So when he found Noah, he gave Noah instruction and told Noah, this is what my plans are going to be. Can you imagine the God of the universe consulting man for his plans? Can you imagine that? Religion hasn't taught us well. God is always looking for somebody he can reveal his intentions to. We are too busy finding our own way of survival. 
But when we have a relationship with God, the key of the relationship is Jesus started out. He says, my sheep hear my voice and the path that I live. Life is a journey. Life is a path you're taking. If you don't have a clear light to shine on that path, you might get lost. So Noah found favor. God gave Noah instruction. Noah was very strict and stringent on it. Made sure that he did everything God told him. And the people were sitting down having a normal day as usual. Thinking that, oh, God has said it, but he won't do it. Or this man is crazy. What is he saying? And the Bible says that what? The flood came down and every creature and creation was destroyed except those that listened to Noah. And Noah brought them into the ark. It's a typology. We'll get into that later. See, anyone who find their way into the ark that Noah built, God saved. And ironically, guess how many people were saved? Noah, his wife, and his sons and their daughters. Eight souls were saved, just eight. So it means that God began all over again. And with two of creatures that God has created so that he can save them to start all over. Guess what? After that, man started getting worse. Okay, to just add a little point. The Bible says when you read Genesis 6, it says that because the spirits that were sent down did not have any jurisdiction to pray because they're looking for a domain to have territorial dominance over. And they saw Adam has goofed up and Adam has introduced a disobedience into the world and they started intermarrying with the natural women God has created. You see, be fruitful, multiply. So Adam and Eve didn't remain Adam and Eve. They started having children, sons and daughters, right? And the sons and daughters started having sons and daughters. Now, these spirits saw that the children God created, the human women God created were very beautiful. So they started having issues with them and the seas that came according to uh, the book, there's a lot of research on that, but let me say the little that I know, they became the giants that we see on earth today. You know example of Goliath? He was one of those, I mean, example of a human being, over six foot tall human being with big biceps that two people can carry. I mean, they're very strong and they taught human beings to how to seduce, seduction, the act of war. War means going to a, a, a territory and taking territorial dominance by slaying people, bloodshed and all that. To go into detail would be derail us, but when you want to really learn that there are books that you could uh, read to see the real story, Genesis just gives us an idea of what happened, but what really happened goes deeper. I won't mention the book. If you're a good student, go look for it. So they, they went back with the same agenda to take the domination God has given to mankind. You get in the picture. That's why God said, no, 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 the human race is contaminated. Let me start all over again. The man he trusted, who was Noah himself, got himself caught up in the bind. He got excited. Be careful when you become successful because your first success can derail you into a deep depression. He got over excited. He was making merry. Yay! 
God's word has come to pass. The Bible says he got drunk and something happened. Go read it, it's there. So God moved from Noah and he started looking and he looking and looking and he found Abraham. Abraham. You see, the Abrahamic covenant is that which I would like to go a little deeper into because it's a precursor of God's intention of an everlasting covenant. I'll say that again. See, the Abrahamic covenant was God's plan of binding himself with the human being perpetually until his plan and purpose on earth has been fulfilled. When he found Abraham, the Bible says that he knew that Abraham would command his children's children after him, God. God knew he saw a frail, fragile, fallible man, but he saw the man's, not his weakness, but his heart. And he knew because God's intention for covenant is to always have a relationship with what? Mankind. So when he saw Abraham, he saw somebody who when he puts his confidence in and he casts a covenant with, he'll be able to perpetuate that covenant to an everlasting generation. So they have what is called the Abrahamic covenant. Remember Abraham's test? It's an open story. God came and said, no, I want you to make a sacrifice to me. First, God had to cut a covenant, Genesis 15. The covenant, they walked through two separated uh, animal flesh. And whilst God was giving him his promise, first it was a conditional. Then God changed his mind and made it uh, unilateral. God said, I will do this. And in doing, I will do it for you. And then he tested Abraham. He wanted to see if Abraham's heart is still going to be perfect and pure for the relationship, he said, give me your son, your one and only son. And the, and the story about his son was so, so super unique that if God says, give me the only one million I'll give you, the only one million that you work hard for how many years to get, if you're a human being, you could do that. But Abraham realized that this God is bigger than all the gods they've said. To tell you the Abraham's background, they were idol worshippers. And they traded in idols. They made the idols and sold it to other people who needed it. So when God called him, the condition was get out of your country, your familiar zone. I'm making the emphasis mine. And all that you're used to, and I'm taking you to a land to start all over with you. And Abraham did not ask where, why. Why would you do that to me? I'm used to this environment. He said, yes, sir. Gathered his stuff, started telling people about what God has told him. What does that tell you? A man of vision. Because vision is not a public announcement. Vision is an individual thing. So for somebody to follow your vision, please don't take them for granted. They weren't there when God told you will make you the world's renowned evangelist. Stop sweating them up. They weren't there. The vision you saw clearly like you're watching, uh, what do you call it, Netflix on television. They weren't there. They didn't see it. They're just following you by faith and they're seeing the trend of God's hand over you. Don't frustrate them. Just be patient with them because every vision is for what? An appointed time. If you look at the time God called Abraham to the time 
the promise was fulfilled. It was so many years. He didn't give him the son. So Abraham walked with God and the Bible says that Abraham walked with God by faith. Say by faith. Abraham didn't have rules and regulations to live by because he got to a point God made it unilateral. Just live and please me and I'll take care of everything. But Abraham believed God to a point that when there was all the scientific evidence for bearing a child that was present, Abraham still believed God. You see, faith is not faith until your faith has been challenged. Faith is not faith until your faith has been challenged. Most, there are most people in church who are just there just to use God and walk away. They are not there to serve God by faith. You see, when your faith solely depends on God, you don't care which usher spoke to you anyway, or what pastor yelled at you and cursed you out, because your relationship is not with the usher nor the pastor. They are vessels God is using, but when they disappoint you, God can give you a new appointment. Don't lose your relationship because of a man. There are a lot of people parading themselves as, as men of God. Let me tell you the truth. They are not men of God. They are gods of men because they have made them gods. But true men of God, people who come from God will watch over the flock. A man of God wants to teach you how to relate to God and know God better. A God of men is teaching you how they, they, you should look up to them and look for their help every time you are in spiritual difficulty so that they can manipulate you and take the little God has given from you. I hope this simple explanation will help you. A man of God doesn't draw attention to themselves. It's God of men who draw attention to themselves. Oh, I have the whole answer. Oh, I have it all together. Oh, if you don't come to me, oh, you leave my church, you will suffer for the rest of your life. You're not God. You are just privileged to have the grace of God. Even if you do, I doubt it. Because if you have the spirit of God in you, you don't curse people, you bless people. Paul said bless them even that persecute you. Bless and curse not. So Abraham was a blessing because he walked with God by faith and he learned always to listen to what God has said or told him to make sure he was obedient to God. So the Bible says that he walked with God to a point that God could not call Abraham any name but his friend. Come on, what a privilege for divinity to call humanity friend. We're not on the same level, not ever. Not ever. Even your boss at your job calls you a friend, it's the greatest privilege ever. Let alone the one who created. So you see, Abraham's friendship was what opened the door for us Gentiles to be engrafted in. Genesis chapter 22:18. Read Galatians 3:14. And then we'll move from Abrahamic, and I'll give you a few. And see if we can wind up with that. I want to finish the types of covenants today. So take note of this. Three major covenants. Abrahamic covenant, Davidic covenant, and new covenant. It's what we're going to emphasize on next week. To digress into the area of understanding our relationship with God.
I'm precasting another subject next week. Are you hearing me? So time will not permit me. That's the Abrahamic covenant. I'll tie it in with the Davidic covenant and new covenant as we go on. The next covenant, we can see significant covenant is the mosaic, which already has been explained, which Moses found favor on the side of God. Moses' story was phenomenal. He got misplaced from being um, a covenant child to uh, uh, growing up in the not so a covenant environment and God uh, allow a circumstance to displace him from that place to a place to land and then God now saw how mature he has become and God gave him his word. I want you to become a savior of this group that have been wandering in a foreign and a strange land but if we have to go more into it. Those of you who are studios, you can just do the research and study. You see, God gave them in one of the covenants, they were disobedient that God gave them his word that they will serve other nations. So God displaced them so that he will prepare them on the next journey. Hallelujah. So Moses came in, he, he walked with the people, the people were still rebellious, very tough people. He gave them instructions of um, Traditions they should follow, things they should eat, shouldn't eat, how they should wash their hands and their feet and all that. It was all these things that were under the old covenant called the Mosaic Covenant. You get that? So Moses established the Old Testament practices. I told you a covenant is the same as what? A covenant is the same as a testament. Then a group of people God picked out called the Israelites also had a covenant not many people talk about that but I want to chip that in to give you an idea called the Palestinian covenant God gave them a word I won't go into that because uh, that will also take me off my subject and then after the Palestinian came the Davidic covenant so next week, remind me, I'll touch on Abrahamic, link it to the Davidic, and then come to the New Covenant, and then see how we could look at ourselves in these three covenants. Very, very important. The Davidic Covenant, you know the story of David? He was chosen by God. God took him through a lot of experiences, processes to refine him. David became a great man of the war. He was a man of the spirit because he was a worshiper, warrior, and a king. The type of a New Testament believer. A worshiper, a warrior, and a king. Every child of God must, not should, but must be a worshiper. What is worship? Worship is letting God know how much you appreciate his involvement in your life. So if you break worship down, he is worth our worship. So worship is not a song. It's an attitude of the heart. The song just introduces us into the atmosphere of worship. But worship is an attitude. It's your heart condition. You wake up always blaming God for how hot the weather is. How cold the weather is. How much you don't have in your bank account. Or you wake up saying, oh, oh, I'm up again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving me an opportunity to get it better. Are you getting what I'm saying? So attitude must matters when it comes to worship. There are some of you that are so entitled 
that you prayed God for a child. He gave you a child. Now you're, you're, you're bothering God about the attitude of the child. Human beings, we have issues. So worship is deeper. Worship is not what we do in church. What we do in church is called fellowship. But true worship comes from the spirit. So the worship leader doesn't lead you into worship. He introduces you into worship. That's why worship leaders must be what? Uh, really commended and encouraged. Because I've done praise and worship so many times that sometimes I wish I could stop and ask them, are you guys ready? The people will be looking at you like, what are you doing? Don't stop already. Let them get the word and go. But the word of God cannot sink deep down if Judah doesn't plow. If that hardened soil of your heart is not broken, when the word of God comes, it can't get what? Rules to, to sink in, to bear for fruit, 30, 60, and 100. So worship is important for our daily sustenance and for our fellowship. When we come together, we are all coming from different backgrounds, different conditions of mind and heart. The worship leader must bring us to a place of oneness by knowing that it's not about your apostle, it's not about your archbishop, it's not about your bishop, it's all about him. Him who lived, died, and rose again on the third day to give you the freedom to have access to the presence of God. So that's about it. So David exemplified what I just said in the simple term. He exemplified how to worship God when nobody's worshiped. Watching as the deer panted for. That was the Davidic sound. Water so my soul, longer after thee. So you can see that David went through a lots of ups and downs. But because of God's covenant over David, David survived every onslaught, every assault, every wickedness the devil used to attack him. Let me serve you a very good notice. There wouldn't be a nation called Israel if it wasn't to be David. So when God casts a covenant with you, he's not just casting a covenant because you want company. He casts a covenant with a person, with a group of people, because he knows you have a potential he can use to bring people's attention back to him. Now, talking about Davidic covenant, let's look at um, Isaiah 55. There's another one which we can read uh, next week. Isaiah 55, very, very dense and very, very rich uh, uh, scripture. Amen. And then to finish, uh, the last covenant is the new covenant, which I'll set our tie Abrahamic, David, and New Testament, or new covenant next week. All right. So let's read this, this wonderful, wonderful scripture. You ready to read for me, somebody? Incline your ear and come unto me. Yes. Here in his soul shall live. Yes, sir. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. You see, I told you Abraham's covenant is an everlasting covenant. David's covenant is an everlasting covenant. New Testament is an everlasting covenant. So he said, I'll make a covenant with you. Go on. Even the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies of David. You see how David's name jumped into it? How do we call Jesus? Jesus, son of David. There's a link over there. So we'll look at it next week, but finish the scripture. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader, and commander to the people. You see? And there. And there, because lengthy will take the time. I've given David as a replica, as a leader, 
as a commander, as example to the people. So for you to understand the new covenant, you have to understand the Davidic covenant and understand what the Abrahamic covenant. Then after that, I'll see if I could try a little to show you individual covenants, covenant between nations that people didn't follow through and the consequences that happened to them. It's important for us to understand this subject because these things are not being taught in the body of Christ anymore. People are manipulating and using people for their own pleasure. But God doesn't want us to use anybody. Anybody who manipulates another person's will is a witch or a wizard. It's plain and simple. It's in scripture. Even God will not manipulate us. He will bring us to a place of willingness. He will bring us to a place to understand the magnitude of what he is calling us to. So that when we get on the journey, we will understand what it takes. And the blessing that will come after being able to go through with the covenant, the agreement he's made with us. Because every covenant comes with a blessing or a curse. Next week we'll go into that. Please follow us closely. Don't miss a step because we do pure teaching to help believers to be enlightened. If you are a child of God and you don't allow the word of God in your life, you will still walk in darkness. I'll say this till you get it. You will die and go to heaven, but you die and go to heaven poor. You die and go to heaven, but you die and go to heaven with nobody knowing your name. You die and go to heaven, but you die and go to heaven with some effort you should have put in your journey through life to help the next generation get it easier. And God will not be so happy with you. Knowledge is not for you to be puffed up. Knowledge is for you to be enlightened, to make life for yourself easy and the next generation easy. That's why my passion is to educate you, motivate you, empower you, and also make sure that I equip you for what God has called you for. This is Wisdom Connection. The media man will be putting all sorts of apps on it for you to support us any which way you can financially. But more more important for me is for many people to hear these messages. So if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe it. Subscribe for us. If you haven't shared, just share it to a friend, somebody who needs to hear this word. And please, if you want us our videos to be coming to you often so that you would know what is being shared at a particular time, press that bell button, is the notification. And make sure that every time we share a video, you'll be notified to listen to it. We humbly ask you to do this because we know media is a place to be. And as you come on board, I believe you will never regret it because the word we'll be teaching will help you build a better life. We are not for religion. We are all about relationship with God. And now we can use the potential God has given us to make our lives better and in turn help other people. Love God, love yourself, and love other people. You want the hierarchy again? Love God. Love God first and love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else as they should be loved. Love yourself so that you can transfer the same love and love in other people. It simply means that if you don't want to be rejected, don't reject people. Treat people like you want to be treated. 
And this is the greatest religion you can ever find. God bless you. This is Wisdom Connection. This is your humble servant, Sam. God bless you. <laughs>